Hello, my friends. Welcome to On Point with Rachel Turkman. I'm so glad you could join us tonight. My friends, our world is in turmoil. COVID-19 hit us suddenly and killed so many of our family members, so many of our friends. And to make matters even worse, 22 million plus people are suddenly out of work. Our world is mourning with the pain and the sorrow of needless and senseless deaths. Joining us tonight is our Chief, Miami Gardens Police Department, Chief Delma Noel Pratt. Chief, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, Rachel? Chief, I'm so happy you're here. I know that you keep a very, very busy calendar, but we love you, we appreciate you. Thank you for being a staunch advocate of community police oriented. We love you so much. I'd like to start off our show with asking you a very important question. Chief, with all the turmoil, with everything that's going on in our communities, what are some of your suggestions to heal our communities? Well, Rachel, uh, first of all, in order to heal our communities, we have to ensure that we understand our community. It's so important. Every community is so diverse. And it's very important for us to understand exactly what each pocket of our community is going through. Once we do that, we have to have that hard dialogue with them to let them know exactly that we are here for them because part of policing is serving. So we're here to serve them and we're here to protect them. A lot of the things that they're feeling and all of the ways that they're feeling, we feel the same thing because we're human first. So therefore, if they see us as human, and we see them as human, a lot of times when we have that hard dialogue, that's where the building happens, that's where the partnership happens, that's where the understanding happens. So first and foremost, we need to understand each other and see exactly everybody's point of view. And once we do that, then we can move forward and start to heal. But until we, we do that and have the hard dialogue and, and try to understand each other, we're not gonna heal. So it's very important for us to do that. Dialogue is so important. And I love what you're saying because I know I've been following your career for so many years, Chief. You and I go back for over 20 years. And I know that basically you are totally for police community relations. And that being said, you know, Chief, that I love law enforcement officials. I love, I love law and order. However, I do have to agree with the peaceful protesters that want to see, they want to see some changes. You know, I, I do realize that there are some bad apples. But less than one percent, a very, very small group of individuals that work for law enforcement officials and departments are, are bad apples. And we need to get rid of them. And I want to thank you for that, because you have been very strong about that. And you also have the desire, along with all the other police chiefs in our nation, to get rid of those bad apples. That being said, Chief, uh, what do you think about the movement to defund policing? What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, a lot of people uh, believe that defunding police, uh, policing really is just to take all the funds away from the police departments and place it elsewhere. That's not what def defunding is all about. Basically, it's like a check and balance, making sure that the monies are in the right places. Um, one of the areas that we love to place our funds in is community policing. Um, as you know, we're very connected with the community 
and we've built a strong partnership with them. So I think it's incumbent upon us to look at where our funding is going. Are we, do we have funding in our training budget? Do we have the appropriate funding in educating our officers? Um, do we have funding in maybe um, training them in um, dealing with things on a mental level? Because a lot of things is about our mindset. We have to make sure that we're in the right frame of mind um, in order to be professional and fair and reasonable out there because as you know, policing is very stressful. Yes. So I believe the area of defunding has to do with, do we have the funding in the right areas in order to police the community appropriately? Absolutely. Would you agree with perhaps uh, including some mental health specialists to work hand in hand with your staff? Yes, I think that's very important because as I stated, police officers are human beings. We have our personal lives, as you know, I'm married with three daughters and, you know, sometimes that can be stressful. Thank you. Thank you. That could be stressful, you know, dealing with our own individual um, issues at home. And then to put on this uniform and come into the community, you know, you have to make sure you have balance in your life. And therefore, I think it's very imperative that we not only, uh, you know, go through uh, mental test or men mental training uh, when we come into this profession, but we need to constantly, you know, check on our um, our personnel and make sure that they're okay. Uh, because, like I said, this this job is stressful at times, and and sometimes we have to make sure that we're in the right frame of mind in order to deal with the community in the right format. Beautiful, I love it. So now let's turn to your story, Chief Pratt. I know that you started very very early and wanting to become a law enforcement official. You started off as a public service aide in the City of Miami Police Department. What triggered you, Chief, to, to study law enforcement, to pursue a career in law enforcement? Well, initially, uh, Rachel, I, I wanted to pursue a career in, uh, I wanted to be a doctor, actually. Really? Right. And then I started to see all of these gory pictures and I said, no, nah, that's not the profession for me. And so I said, you know what, um, I want to go ahead and I believe, uh, get into law and be a, an attorney. And it just so happened that at the age of 11, I was walking down the street with one of my sisters from a local store. I was in Detroit at the time. And as we were walking from that store, there was a gentleman that decided he wanted to rob us. Um, at that time, he punched my sister in the face and he and my sister just happened to drop the funds on the floor. And after she did that, you know, that kind of startled both of us. And that got me to think about you know what? I, I want to be a change agent. I want to be a part of the, you know, the law side and, and, and also um, become a police officer because I want to be able to save people or serve them or protect them from individuals like that. So that's basically why I got into this career. Wow. What an amazing story. Yeah. And just thinking what you're saying, initially you said you wanted to be a doctor. That would have yeah. been saving lives too. So I guess your mission, you came into this world to save lives, right? Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> yes. So talking about that, I know then you went to the Miami-Dade County Training, Department Training Center, which I worked there before. I don't know if you know that I was a, a teacher for police and corrections with public speaking and domestic violence and group facilitation. So you went through the whole training at Miami-Dade Police Department. You became an amazing officer. You rose up the ranks big time. You went to work with North Operations, Special Investigations. In the middle of all that, you got your bachelor's, you got your master's. Yes, ma'am. Graduated from the FBI <laughs> National Academy. So congratulations. Thank you so all, much. On all of your accomplishments. But yes. then one special year, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was 2017, Chief, that you got a surprise 
you were sworn in as the first female chief of the Miami Gardens Police Department. How did you feel? Well, first of all, I was truly, uh, I felt truly blessed because uh, everything that I, I get, I get it from God. So I was truly blessed and honored that the mayor, along with the council, selected me. As you know, there were a lot of uh, applicants that put in for this position. And for them to choose me, I just, I was really, really happy. Not only that, but uh, it gave me an opportunity to be um, basically uh, show my daughters that anything's possible, you know, and also to be a role model to other young ladies out there who have aspirations of, of being leaders within the community. It doesn't have to necessarily be a police chief, but any form of leadership, you know, I'm, that's why I try to um, do the right thing and be professional out there because I know that they're watching me and they have aspirations of being leaders uh, one day. So um, I, I was truly elated. Well, so are we. Thank God that you are the chief of Miami Gardens. We love the city. Thank you. So now we're going to start talking about the, the community-oriented initiatives that you and your team have implemented. They've been very successful. And I want to go through some of them because I think that, well, now that I think, I know that you are an exemplary model, Chief, for the nation, for all law enforcement officials to, you know, to look at what you have created there. And maybe they can also implement some of these initiatives that are working, that are actually working. So I'd like to begin with your great initiative, Gangs Resistance Education and Training Program. Talk to us about that. Basically, it's a school-based um, program. It's where you have officers that go into uh, the elementary schools, sometimes the middle schools, and they educate the children on why they should not be a part of, you know, gangs. Um, they tell them about um, self-motivation, about um, you know, just making sure that they're very. Um, they have self good self-esteem and the reasons why they should be leaders instead of followers. It's a very successful program. Uh, we just graduated uh, a couple of students from our, uh, one of our partner schools, which is uh, Norwood um, school. We just uh, went ahead and graduated. I believe it was 17 or 18 uh, children uh, from that school with our program. So it has been a very successful um, uh, program and something that we're very proud of. And that's beautiful, Chief, because basically you're educating our kids, you know, not to go into the world of crime. And at the same time, there's good, you know, social and bonding connection between you and your staff. I mean, I, I love it. So when I was reading about it, I said, wow, what a great idea to deter our children because our children are born being great. But it's people like us, the leaders that can make a difference and steer them in the right direction because all of our children our gems, which are and, and plus you have to let them know that they're stronger than what they believe. A lot of times they their self-esteem is low. They may be bullied in school and what have you. And it's a coming upon us as leaders within the community to show them that no, that you're stronger than what you really think and that you can be anything that you want to be. And that therefore, you know, you don't have to be a part of a gang. You know, you need to resist those type of things and just be your own person. Beautiful. And so I guess you also tackle the issues of peer pressure, and that's a big issue, right? Exactly. Peer pressure is very, very, even for adults sometimes, peer pressure is 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 very um, bad or very, you know, um, lingering for adults. And it's something that we try to stress to them that they don't have to be part of a, a group or do certain things because that group wants them to do certain things. We tell them about the, the right, the difference between right and wrong and why they should do the right things and the rewards that they'll get behind doing the right thing. Because, you know, if you do the, the, the wrong thing, 
the, the things that come along with doing wrong things. So it's so important for us to constantly teach and instruct our, our youth because our youth is our future, you know, and if we don't teach them, who's going to teach them? So it's one of the programs that we're very, very excited about. We're very happy that we have it and we're going to consistently, uh, you know, work with that program. Beautiful. Thank you, Chief. Golf instead of guns. Yes. I love it. Talk to us about that. That's another initiative that we have. It's, it's a way of teaching our young kids. Once again, it focuses on, on our younger um, generation, um, teaching them the importance of the sport of golf, which is actually a, a lot of people don't understand that golf is one of those uh, types of sports. It's a thinking game. It's a thinking sport. And so we work on their mindset. We work on their ability to not only learn the game, but learn about self-esteem, learn about working together as a team, learning about you know their passions and, and just making sure that they have uh, self-control, things of that nature, while instructing them on the game of golf. And we go step by step. It's like a 10-step process, um, like 10 different lessons. And, and, you know, just engage with them and teach them that there's more to life than, you know, some of the things that are out there. Golf is a very passionate sport and, it, and it's a great tool to teach our youth. Outstanding. I love it. I love the idea of the critical thinking skills, yes. of the social and emotional learning behind all of this. Now let's turn over to the Neighborhood Crime Watch. I know that you have a very active one. Talk to us about that. Yes, we, we are very... Um, active with our crime watch groups. Um, before the pandemic, we would go ahead and make sure that we go to their monthly meetings and just discuss, you know, any concerns that they may have, uh, talk about our crime trends, talk about, you know, our the positive things that are going on in the community, see what their concerns are. If they needed uh, us to participate in anything, whether it be a peace walk, whether it be some type of uh, extra meeting, we would, you know, go ahead and and work with them. It's just a way of us partnering with them, making sure that, you know, let them know that they're not alone, that we are vested in this community, that we're here for them. And whatever their concerns are, we will address them. Um, sometimes a lot of our um, um, crime watches, they had issues with maybe traffic concerns or what have you. We would go ahead and make sure that we do different traffic details in the neighborhood in order to curtail, you know, the traffic concerns that they had. So it's just us working together in partnership. And that's what community policing is all about, basically, is the police working together with the community. Because after all, if you don't work together with the community, what do you have? We have to work together in order to make sure that we keep each other safe. That's so what it's just a you're constantly working with the community. Let's take a few seconds to thank our advertisers because without them, the show would not be possible. I'd like to begin with Anna Vega Milton with the Jose Milton Foundation, she's amazing. She has such an altruistic heart, helping us with education and research and healthcare. Anna, we love you. Also, of course, Jackson Health Foundation with the Jackson Health System. Thank you so much. You are one of the best hospital systems in the nation trying to deal with diseases and curing people. We love you, Jackson Health Foundation, Jackson Health Systems, and of course, attorney Mike Mirabal, who is a local and international lawyer running for Miami-Dade County judge right now on August 18th. He's for inclusion and diversity and making this world come together. And then we turn over to Survivor's Pathway, Dr. Francesco Dubelli, who's the founder and CEO of Survivor's Pathway, dealing with human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, a big shout out to him as well. We have, of course, our attorney Joe Perkins, 
was running for circuit court judge for release for justice and equality for all. Thank you, Joe, for, for advertising. And of course, we have United Home Care taking care of adults right in their homes. So I just wanted to take a few moments out to let all the viewers know that we really appreciate our advertisers. Chief, we were talking about the Neighborhood Crime Watch. One of the programs that really caught my attention, which I love because it's all about community-oriented policing, it's all about community and engagement, is your command staff walk and knock. Tell us about that. I'm sure our viewers are going to love it. Where executive uh, command staff knock, uh, walk and knock has to do with the concept of going door to door. Uh, what we do is we select a portion uh, of our community. So we may pick, let's say, uh, the Vista Verde area and we go ahead and we walk through that neighborhood and just knock on doors, talk to individuals, see if they have any kind of concerns, if they uh, are happy with what's going on in the neighborhood. If they have concerns, they can you know, tell us what concerns they have and, and that way we can address it at a later time. But it's just our way of engaging um, with our neighbors and that's what I call them, our neighbors. We just have conversation with them and just let them know that we're here to you know serve them once again and we're here working together to make sure that they're safe within their community that's beautiful and again you know sure to be redundant and repetitive it's all that engagement that you're constantly doing with your staff reaching out to the community what are your issues what are your concerns what can we do to bond better i mean that's to me is remarkable police explorers i know that this is something very very important because a lot of our youth would like to know more about law enforcement, and this gives them the opportunity to learn about it. Talk to us about your Police Explorers program. Well, our Police Explorer program is targeted uh, between our 14-year-olds all the way up to our 19-year-olds. And it's a way of um, showing them exactly what we do in the criminal justice system as, as police officers. We, we just, the, just last year, we entered our Police Explorers in a competition against other uh, police department uh, police explorers, and they were that able like to. Fun. That sounds like fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, they learn about you know defensive tactic techniques. They learn about traffic stops. They learn about you know just a, a ration of different things, a lot of different things, and it's just a way of engaging with them and letting them know that you know if they want to be a part of the criminal justice system that. This is maybe a path that they would like to, you know, enter into. Um, if they want to be an attorney, a lot of times, as you know, we have the police explorers. We also engage them in the teen court um, that is locally here, and you know, allow them to sit in as you know jurors. That way, they understand exactly what happens when you know they have to look at different cases or decide, you know, on what should be the ultimate um, decision. On, on what what somebody did, you know? A lot of times it could be something as simple as somebody stole something out of, you know, a grocery store. Okay, what should be their punishment? Right. The punishment may, may be something like, you know, they have to go ahead and do community service hours and write an essay to the particular, uh, you know, store saying how sorry they are and write a even a, an essay to their family members, their mom or their dad, saying exactly why they did that behavior and why they shouldn't do that type of behavior. So it, it's, it's very good. But Police Explorers exposes them to a lot of different things. They get to ride along with us. They get to just be exposed to a lot of different things that we see as police officers and they get to understand, and I call it our world, our police uh, uh, law enforcement world. So it, it's very um, good program for them. And it shows them also leadership. Leadership skills are so important because as you know, 
you have a platoon leader, you have a squad leader that's selected and it's based on, you know, the, the actual um, leaders of the, of the group, the TAs, we call them the training advisors, they go ahead and pick who should be the platoon leaders and who should be the squad leaders. And, and it's just really uplifting for these young folks to, to know that there's other avenues that they, they can take if they would like to be a part of the law enforcement world. I love it. Now you talked about the team core, but I want all of our viewers to really understand that this is an excellent program. How does this work with misdemeanors and then they're judged by their own peers? Is that how it works? Talk to us about the team core. How does it work it's, with the misdemeanors and the kids? Well, the team core is a, it's a portion of a diversion program, basically. Um, you don't really, what we're trying to steer away from is, you know, giving these young individuals records, criminal records. And so we've been searching for different ways of, or different avenues that we can, you know, take in order to help these young individuals. Because, you know, sometimes someone may go ahead and shoplift something from like, let's say the store Walmart, but you know, this individual's never done this before. Maybe there's issues going on at home. And therefore, maybe there's a diversion program such as Teen Court that they can go ahead and be a part of. And Teen Court basically is that individual that's accused of stealing that item from Walmart gets to go ahead and they're judged by their peers. So their peer, peers listen to the action that the person did. And they basically like looking at the case itself, they may be in a form of, you know, and just like I said, we use police explorers sometimes. They may be acting as an attorney in the case, you know, or they may be acting as an attorney on behalf of the defendant. And it's great experience, right? It's great. Right, experience. It's a great experience. And not only that, it gets to show this young individual that just because you made this one mistake doesn't mean that you're going to have a record. We want you to learn from your mistake. We want you to own up to what you did. We want you to learn from what you did and grow from there. So therefore you go ahead, you did something, now your peers are going to say exactly what punishment that you should get. And then we'll move on from there. And I've seen it where I've been a, a spectator in teen court. And I've seen a lot of times when this young individual who is the defendant because maybe they shoplifted something from Walmart. Now they have to write a letter to their mother. And next thing you know, they're reading this letter to their mother. Their mother's crying. They're crying because they understand. Emotional, right. They understand that they not only hurt themselves, not only did they do something wrong, but they hurt their mother because now their mother's like, oh my gosh, my child has done this. You know, so they truly understand the pain they have brought to their mother. And it, it's a really an emotional um, situation, but it's really a teaching tool. And I really admire uh, the team court session. So, well, yes. it seems to be a great program. And again, it's to me, it's like deters our youth from, you know, getting involved in negativity. And like you said, if you make a mistake, you make sure that you don't do it again. So I got to take my hat off to you if I had one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yes. What about your safe camp program? Do you feel that this particular program has brought you uh, closer to the business stakeholders in Miami Gardens? Because now they're allowing you to use their surveillance cameras when a, when a crime happens. Have you gotten closer? Is it a bonding mechanism as well? And, and also in an effort to catch these criminals as well? Yes, it's, it's brought us closer because now they feel as though there's another set of eyes. As you know, our Safe Cam program is run uh, through our real-time crime center. And our real-time crime center is a center where we, we, we 
actually can house our cameras and we can see a lot of different things um, from that area. We need so, the extra eyes, right, Chief? We need yeah, extra eyes. We need extra eyes because, you know, um, in the past, we've done a lot of things where you may go ahead and you say, well, there's something bad happening at this store and you automatically just go ahead and let's say jump and, and, and try to take down everybody at that store. We're trying to work more strategically and, you know, pinpoint exactly what the issues are in, in the areas of concern rather than just saying, okay, no, everything is happening everywhere. That That's not really realistic. So this is a type of program that, you know, the different businesses, they allow us to access to their, their cameras. And it has helped us a lot, solve a lot of different cases. So um, I'm very happy that um, this program is in effect. And uh, if there's any, you know, business owner or whatnot wants to know more about the program, please feel free to contact our department and we can go ahead and, and let you know a little bit more about it. And I want to emphasize to all our viewers that all these programs that we're touching upon are examples of police community oriented policing. And so I would like our viewers to you know to make this this uh, video, this show go viral because I feel that all these programs bring us closer to the community. And at the end of the day, you know, Chief, you and I are the same. We're all human beings. We we love our community. We're brothers and sisters. You're my sister. I am Thank your you. sister. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, you know that for a fact. We love each other so much. Is there a telephone number in case anybody's interested in getting involved that maybe lives in Miami Gardens that would like to be part of your programs that you can give out, maybe your general number, Chief? Yes, they can definitely call us at 305-474-1400. Once again, that's 305-474-1400. Cops and coffee, or coffee and cops. Talk to us about that. Coffee with the cops. <laughs> What do you think about that? I mean, when I heard it, I said, wow, that's a really neat idea where, you know, all of us can come to wherever you're having this meeting. We can have coffee. We can tell you, hey, you know, I heard a noise at my house, you know, the other day and, and people are complaining. I mean, all these issues because, you know, we're human beings and we're afraid. You know, we hear a noise. And if somebody's knocking on our doors, we don't even know who it is. I mean, issues like this, you know, mundane issues like this that make a difference. You're bringing the cops, which is your staff. Okay, and even yourself, you go yes. to these meetings too, and you're meeting with business people, you're meeting them with the grassroots people, you're meeting with everybody, you're meeting with everybody that lives in Miami Gardens. Talk to us about the program and how effective has it been in curtailing crime? Well, it's been very uh, effective. It's not something that I, I just came up with. It's it's going on across the nation. It's a, it's a national thing and a lot of departments are doing it. However, um, it's it's a way of us, we pick, we select a business or we've picked a uh, pick an area and maybe that we want to have coffee at a park or maybe just we want to have uh, coffee at a store somewhere. We've done it at a lot of different places, but we select a location. After we select the location, we pick the time, usually between nine and 11 o'clock in the morning. And we just invite people within the community to come and have mutual conversation with me. Uh, they can talk about if something's going on in, the, in their neighborhood and they want to discuss it with me, they can discuss it at that time. Um, sometimes people just come by, they just want to say hello. They just want to meet me. They just want to meet my staff. They want to know what's going on in the department. They want to know what um, different activities we're doing. They want to know what different areas we have within the department. So it's just mutual conversation and we just have conversation. And you get to know coffee. each other, right? You yes, get to we know do. Each other. 
Yes, we I do. I, I've, met, I've met a lot of different people in this fashion. A lot of people have said, well, you know, it's kind of hard to get to, to see you. Or, oh, I see you on TV, but I want to meet you in person. And it's a lot of different ways, but it's just a way of having just good conversation with individuals in a great community over coffee. And so it's something that I like to have at least once a quarter. Um, last year, we got a little crazy. and We had more than and one per quarter. We I think we did it about maybe 10 or 12 times. Um, but however, each time that we've done it, it's been different. Um, I've had a lot of requests come in. Can you do it here? Can you do it there? And I'm very accommodating. I, I try to accommodate everybody. And I've had to place people on a lot like a list. You know, I had my executive assistant make up this list and say, OK, who's next? You know, because at one point in time, you know, everybody wanted uh, me to do it with them. But um, I'm very accommodating and I enjoy it very much. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy engaging with people. So that's just my personality. So um, it's, it's a great program. Talking about your personality, Chief, see something, say something. How effective has that been in Miami Gardens? Um, it's very effective. It's uh, basically, it's if someone sees a crime happen, then you should want better for your community. So why not let the authorities know what is going on in, in, in the neighborhood? If you know who the individual is who committed that crime, then you should pick up that phone and say, listen, um, such and such is doing that particular crime. That's only going to draw us uh, together and make the community even better, you know, because I know- It saves lives too, it right? It saves lives too. You know, if you know exactly who did that particular crime, I would think, especially because these days, a lot of people, you know, they think that, well, that happened over there. That happened in that community. It doesn't affect me. But basically, when you think about it, everything affects everybody in one way or another, you know? So therefore you should want to do the right thing and pick up the phone or get the information to the authority so they can go ahead and make sure that everything is corrected uh, on their behalf. You should not want to stay silent. We should not be silent about the different things that are going on in our community. We should go ahead and, and voice what's going on in order to make things better. Outstanding. Well, unfortunately, Chief, our time is coming to an end. I love the show. We're going to invite you back. Okay. Congratulations. Look forward to it. A remarkable job at Miami Gardens Police Department. They're very lucky to have you there. And don't move anywhere else. Stay here. I think, I think I'm lucky to be here. <laughs> I don't think they're lucky to have me. I think I'm lucky to be here. And it's a great community. It's like I've always said, it's like a 360 for me. It's like coming home. Uh, when I first started my career, I started my career when it used to be called Carroll City, and now it's called the City of Miami Gardens. And I just love working here, and I love the people that are in this community. So I'm very blessed. I'm truly blessed to be here. Outstanding. Any last-minute message, Chief, in retrospect of everything that's going on that you would like to leave all our viewers with tonight? That we're all in this together. We have to work together. Um, like I said before, we got to have that hard uh, dialogue, that hard conversations and just just come up with the solutions. You know, it's time for action. It's time for us to put solutions together and put solutions in place. Therefore, we can make our community even better. So that's what I'm about. I'm about, you know, every day just making things a little bit better one step at a time. And if we do it, you know, together with our community, we're unstoppable. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Chief. We're going to invite you again to be here with me on On Point Rachel Tournament. Is that a promise? That's a promise. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. And thank to you. all of you, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed our show. We love Chief Pratt. Remember that together we will effectuate positive change. 
I want to mention to please subscribe to my YouTube channel, On Point with Rachel Turgeman. And I have a surprise for you. This week, this Thursday, we have a special edition of On Point with Rachel Turgeman. Our featured guest is going to be Dr. Dorothy Bendris Pentecost. So join us. Stay healthy and stay Bye bye. No, you're good. <laughs>